Praise God. Well, let's look at James 1, verse 22. James 1, verse 22. We've been in a series called Doing Versus Hearing. Here it says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, everybody say, I'm a doer. I'm a doer. I'm not a hearer only. I'm a doer. Say this. Say, I'm a believer, not a doubter. Say it one more time. I'm a believer. I'm not a doubter. Well, if you're a believer, you're going to be a doer. Sometimes, well, all the time. See, if we're not doing the word, it's because we don't believe something. It's a, if, we, if we're complacent, if we don't act, it's a, it's a form of unbelief. It means we don't actually believe. Because if you believe something, if I were to say this building is on fire, get out, and you just sat there, you don't believe it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I believe you, but I'm good. You want to die? No, you don't believe it. You think, ah, fire drill. Now, we've all been there. You know, school or something. I mean, I know at the place I worked at um, several years ago, I know those fire alarms are supposed to be loud to annoy you, but man, these things were loud and annoying. And when they went off, you did not want to stay. We all knew it was a drill. We still had to go down. We were on the fourth floor. Still had to go down and go out because it's procedure. And we all had to stand out there and wait for him to give us the all clear to come back in. We all knew this was a drill. And you did not want to stay because that, that sound was so loud and so annoying. I mean, it was incredibly. It's the most annoying one I've ever heard. It was just like, okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> yes, your product is working. <laughs> and we left. But, you know, if, if you didn't really believe it, I guess you could stay there, you know, and put your sound-canceling. I, I didn't have them back then, but sound-canceling earbuds in, and maybe, I don't know, you'd still probably get in trouble with your boss. But if you don't believe it, you're not going to do something. So if we believe what the Word of God says, we're not going to sit there and go, well, I don't know. I'm believing, but you're sitting there. Amen. Well, let's move on. It says, verse 23, If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing the natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Amen. The, the doer will be blessed. Uh, Psalm 119, too. I'm just going to read a few of these scriptures that we've read, and we're going to go through several more because we've read them. I'm just, but I, you know, not everybody necessarily hears everything, and sometimes want to go, okay, here's real quick the things we've covered, and then this is what we're going to this morning. So I'm going to read you, or we're going to put up several of these. You can mark them down. And you guys know all the scripture verses that we use are all available on the website. Once the edited version gets up, they're there. They're just like whatever ones we use are all there for you, and they're all printed. So you can make yourself or uh, avail yourself of that. Psalm 119, verse 1 says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart. So blessed are those 
who keep his testimonies. We read John uh, 17, 17. This is Jesus speaking. It says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. So we spent some time talking about that, that God's word is truth. His word is everlasting truth. It doesn't change one bit. Psalm 119, 89. Again, I'm just going to go through several of these fairly quickly. Uh, it says, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Your word is settled. So your word's truth. Your word is settled. Psalm 12, verse 6 says, The words of the Lord are pure words like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. So the words of the Lord are pure words, and God will keep them. In Matthew 24, 35, it says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. So his word's true, they're tried, and they're not going to pass away. And they are going to happen. Joshua 23, 14. We read this one as well. It says, Behold, this day I am going the way of the, all the earth. This is Joshua when he's about to pass on. You know in all your hearts... Uh, all their souls, that not one of the, the thing has failed of all the good things which the Lord your God spoke concerning you, all have come to pass for you. Not one word of them has failed. And so we spent some time talking about this. God's word is truth. God's word never passes away. God's word will not fail. God will do everything he said he will do. There hasn't failed one word of his good promise, another verse says. Here it says, not one, what, not one of them has failed. And so his word is true. And then we, we talked about the fact that God's word is true and he is ready to perform it. Okay, so his word won't pass away. It is true. It is solid. And then... He is ready to do it. Look at a couple verses here. Hebrews 10, 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He who promised, that's his word, he's faithful. What does faithful mean? He will do it. What does it mean when you have somebody that's faithful, an employee that's faithful? It means whatever I give them to do, they're going to do it. They're going to do it right. They're going to do it on time. I don't even have to check up on them. They're going to do it. That's faithful. Well, do we believe that of God? Well, I know he said it in his word, but, you know, see, some religion will tell you I, we just don't know. In other words, God might fail you. In other words, he might not do his word. We don't know why, but since he's God, whatever, we're, we, what are we going to do? That's what religion will tell you. We don't know why it didn't happen. That's acting like God does not do what we would expect a good person to do. If it was like, you know, you gave somebody a task to do and they come back, well, I, it wasn't done. Uh, you checked up on them, oh, it wasn't done, but it wasn't done right. After a while, you know, you may not want to keep that person around. But then we'll say, well, God, I, I mean, I thought, I, I mean, he said, but... What's that acting like? Somebody that you would fire in the natural, God is like that. 
That's truth. I mean, that's a lot of people are in that boat. In religion, it's just like we just don't know. But since he's God, what am I going to do? I can't get rid of him. I'm serving him. But I'm kind of just like, whatever. I, I, I don't know. But that's not true. God's word is solid. And when he said it, he meant it. And he is more faithful than any person. Amen. So he will do it. He's faithful. So Jeremiah 1.12, we read this. Then the Lord said to me, you have seen well, for I am ready to perform my word. I'm ready. I'm ready to do what I said I was going to do. If, if you, in the natural, if you said something to somebody and you are a person of your word, you, if you're a person of your, your word, when you say it, you're ready to do it. Otherwise, you wouldn't say it. If you said it, but you're just saying it to say it, but don't really mean it, and then somebody calls you on it like, oh, I didn't know they'd actually expect it, you're a liar. You're a deceiver or a person. A person would be a liar or deceiver, right? If you say something and you're just like, I'm throwing it out there, you know, because people do this. Well, I, you know, I'll offer it, try to get credit, but, you know, they won't, they won't expect me to do it. And then when the person asks, well, can you do that? Oh, well, sure, yeah, but they didn't really intend to. That's not God. Amen. See, we got to be very careful. We don't, we don't project what we know of people onto God. Your experience with people can affect how you see God, especially if they were Christians. People, this is a favorite tactic of the devil. Well, this Christian did so-and-so and acted this way, so I don't know if I can be a Christian. I don't know if I can go to church, and I don't know if I can serve God. God is not a person, and God does not lie. And I don't care who failed you, and they, if they did it in God's name, that does not mean that you shouldn't trust God. Should people fail you, Christians especially? No, they shouldn't. Do they? Yes, people do. Does that mean you should sever your, your, your uh, relationship with God? No, that's foolish. That means Satan got into somebody's life, influenced them to do something that's ungodly, hurt somebody, and now he's going to extend that and hurt somebody else because of what he was able to do in the first person's life, affected the second person, and now he takes two people out or multiple people out. He does it all the time. It ought to stop somewhere and say, wait a minute. Well, you may have done that. That hurts. But God didn't fail me, and I trust him. So he is ready to perform his word. This is God. If he spoke it, it was not just idle talk. He didn't say it and expect, well, they'll never call me on it. Whatever he said in his word, he's ready to do. He's ready to do. He's not like, oh, you, you're okay. They put in an order, Michael, Gabriel, um, I don't know, two to three weeks? No, wait, we're kind of backed up right now, maybe two to three months. We'll get back to you. That's not God, or, you know, some people think five to ten years. No, God, God's ready. That means whatever he said, there is no time with God. When he said it, he, he number one, he said it before any of you and I were alive everything that we're reading in here, and what he said to you by the Spirit, if it's really him, there's no time with him. He already knew you before you were ever born, so when he said it, that's not when he thought about it. He already knew it. So he doesn't have to get ready. He's not in time. So he already knew everything that was going to happen before it ever happened, so he's had eternity to get ready. So he is ready. 
There's no ramp up time. There's no, you know, like we were talking about the computer. There's no power up time with him. He's ready. He's the God that was and is and is to come. He is ready to perform his word. So we talked about that. So if there are words that are true, there are promises that are to us, and God is ready to perform his word. Let's look at 2 Peter 1 verse 2. And then we'll finish that. I want to read this. No, actually, hold your finger in 2 Peter. Let's just go to Deuteronomy 30, 19. And then we'll say this, and then we'll come back to the other. It says here, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore Choose life that both you and your descendants may live. This is God speaking. I have set before you life and death. You know, through his servant, he's saying, I have set before you to the people of Israel. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. So if God's word's true. If God's word's forever, if God's word does not change, if God doesn't change, if every word of God will hold up for all time, it does not pass away, he has never failed, that he is faithful to always do what he said, and that he is ready to perform it, now it comes to what are we going to do with it? And here, it's saying we have to choose something. Now we're talking about doing versus hearing. And this is where we come to that if we believe everything we've talked about, if we believe the word is what, we've, what the word of God says, that God is who the word of God says he is, that he is faithful to do what he said, that he is ready, now it comes to what are we going to do with it. We have a choice whether we're going to just let it go by or we're going to act like it's true. Because if we let it go by, we don't actually believe something or we don't believe it enough to choose to do it. And if we, we can take all kinds of form, we can say, well, I'm waiting on God. What did God's word say about that? What did he tell us to do? Because the fact is we're never waiting on him. God doesn't move out of turn, though. So whenever, if, you know, if you're playing a game, checkers or chess or something, you can't move out of turn. When it's your turn to move, you move. Well, God always moves when it's his turn. Now it's our turn. So we're always going to have to do something in response to what he's doing. And so it becomes our choice. What are we going to choose to do with what he has said in his word? Let's read this one more time. I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life. Now, this seems like a no-brainer question. Life, death, blessing, cursing. Which one do you want? But it says choose. Choose life. Choose blessing. Choose God. But you know as well as I do, people in the earth do this all the time. They don't choose God. Gospels presented, and instead of, I, that is true, I'm jumping on that, people are like, any number of reasons, any number of excuses, pff, 
religious people, they're just, they just need that, that, that. God is not true. Yeah, I might do that, but I knew so-and-so that did anything, and they choose. Even though it's sitting before, him, God, before them, God is saying, here's the truth. People will, will, will reject the truth. And so Christians do the same thing. You realize, you would think people would get excited about a God that heals. That's not true. There are people that will fight you if you say God heals. They'll get mad at you. You would think people would be happy about the fact that God will supply all your needs and that, that you can be blessed in this earth and you don't have to go without anything. And people will be mad at you because of that. You, I mean, it's amazing. You can put life and death and people will be like, oh, no. And they get mad, religiously mad that way. That's not right. You would think, you know, talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. That you can, you can yield to the Spirit of God, speak out mysteries in a tongue you don't understand, which is completely logical to me because I'm a software engineer, and I say this multiple times. I, I've been a so I have a background in software engineering, and everything you do in, digitally, electronically, your, your, all the apps on your phone, that the, the, the software, the, the lower level parts of it, the silicon itself, it all boils down to ones and zeros, either a high voltage or a low voltage, and everything else is built on that. It's just sequenced in, in, together into uh, compartments. So, like, uh, you know, you, you, you determine these, this group of ones and zeros, we're going to take that as a whole, and that becomes a number, and then all these groups, that goes into an image, and that's all it is. But at the lowest level, it's just high, low, high, low, high, low. And so if you can get all that done, which is essentially two syllables, then speaking in other tongues, which may be unintelligible to us, have, you know, I've looked at the lowest level uh, software, and it looks like you just see a whole page of ones and zeros. You're like, I don't know what that is. I have no clue. But then that's why we organize it into groups and stuff. And you have file systems and you have things that can interpret it. And now you say, oh, that's a picture. That's a video. So when somebody's, oh, I just don't understand it. You're not speaking clearly. That is the way our world works. It's not hard for me to believe at all that you could get, so you're speaking these things that sounds like you're doing these different syllables. Well, in the right order, it doesn't have to speak like, sound like a fluent English. If you listen to Morse code, it doesn't sound like anything. But you can say anything in it. Well, you're not, you're not speaking a real language. You don't understand the word of God. So you can put a truth before somebody and people buck at it and say, well, you mean I can speak and yield to God and he's speaking through me so I can bypass this, you know, limited brain and speak with him so he can speak out in my life what he wants to do because he knows everything. I can do that. And people go, oh, no, that's of the devil. <laughs> Who do you think inspired that? The devil. So we all have choices. You look at the word of God and people, the word, the truth is before us, life, blessing, cursing, death, and people go, eh. some people just be like, I don't care. I don't really care about any of that. I'm just going to go back to my life. That's a choice. That's not doing. That's, that's just hearing. Like, I heard it not important enough to me or doesn't, you know, it doesn't just trip my interest level enough to make any change, so I'm going to choose not to do anything. So when we see the truth, 
we have a choice. Am I going to act on that? Am I going to act like that's, a, that's true, that God is faithful, that he, His word is true, and that he's ready to perform his word? Or am I going to say, ah, I just don't know, and just, pfft. we're choosing something else at that point. It is a choice. Psalm 119.29 says, remove, hold your finger. We're going to go back to 2 Peter, but you can, if you churn there, you can hold your finger there, but I'm going to read a couple other things. Psalm 119.29 says, remove from me the way of lying and grant me your law graciously. I have chosen the way of truth. Your judgments I have laid before me. I have what? Chosen the way of truth. I have chosen the way of truth. The way of truth is there, but I've chosen it. We have a choice to make. You have a choice every day you walk through this earth. We are making choices whether we're going to believe God or not believe God. Something, some situation hits you in the face, you know, wherever, at home, at work, at school, and we have a choice. Am I going to believe God or am I going to believe what he said or am I going to believe what I saw on the news? And what culture or Instagram or, you know, somebody's snapping me or whatever. I'm going to believe these other things. Because that's why, that's one of the reasons why people don't act on what God said. They're saying, but so-and-so said, or I saw this, or I read this article, and they're stolen from. They haven't chosen the way of truth. They've chosen something else. So we don't want to choose something else. We want to choose truth. And this isn't like a one-time thing. I mean, there is something you can say, I have made my, I've committed, I've chosen, I've chosen the way of God. But then you're going to be challenged that you keep choosing. So there can be a commitment, but there is then consistent choices. There are going to be, we're going to choose truth. You're going to hit stuff that comes up against you and it's going to challenge the word of God and say, oh yeah, what about this? What about that symptom? What about this situation? What about that? You don't have this. And it's, what's it doing? It's challenging the integrity of God. Yes. It's saying, will God do what he said? Do you believe it now? Do you believe it now? Something's pushing on you. Do you believe it now? Oh yeah, what about now? Because anybody can talk. In the natural, and the spirit, anybody can talk. We can all say, oh, I believe God. But when you come up against challenges in the world and you come up against things that contradict what the word of God says and what you believe or you say you believe, you have a choice to make. And you can revert into being a hearer only. Satan, in fact, is trying to beat you into submission to become a hearer only. And that is called religion. We, we say we believe this, but... We all know that hasn't happened forever, so this is, I've just basically taken my hands off. That becomes a hearer and not a doer. We're not actively believing the word of God. We have become a hearer only. And Satan is going to have lordship in our life. Even if we're Christians, he'll still beat us. He'll still have us in submission because we're not acting on what God said. Because we are choosing not to act on God. Because we bought his lie. So he's, Satan, he, he is, doesn't have any authority over the Christian whatsoever. But he does, act, he does act in this world, and there are challenges in this world. And if he can get you to believe that somehow God is not faithful because of what you're seeing or experiencing, then you, 
if you choose to not believe God's word, even though Satan doesn't have direct authority in your life, he has usurped your authority to agree with him, and now his results will be in your life, even though God does not will it. So when we're a hearer, that's what we were talking about originally. We become a, we, if we're here only, we're deceived. Because we think, well, I hear this, therefore stuff automatically happen, should happen, but we don't act on it. We don't choose truth. We don't choose it. And so then we begin to believe a lie or we're, we're, we're uh, convinced that we can't have something in the Word of God, so we just don't act, and so we, we do without. But it doesn't have to be that way. Let's look at a couple more. Psalm 119, 111 says, Your testimonies I have taken as heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my ear to perform your statutes. I have inclined my ear to perform. That means I've chosen something. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do what you said. I've inclined my ear, not or my heart, excuse me, I've inclined my heart to perform. Your statutes. So I, if I know what your statutes are, that's the hearing part, but now I've inclined my heart, I'm going to do them. I've said I will do it. I, I'm going to do what God said. I'm going to agree with him. I'm going to state what he says. One more in Psalm 119. It says, let your hand become my help, for I have chosen your precepts. Let your hand become my help, so God, I'm looking to you to help me, for I have chosen what you said. I've chosen you. I'm going after you. So now, Lord, help me, because I'm relying on you, and God will help you, because he will always do what he said. He is not going to fail us. He won't fail you. He won't fail me. But if we are talked out of relying on him, we've tied his hands, because we're not believing him. We're not trusting him. So let's look at, at uh, 2 Peter 1, verse 2. If you still have your finger there, we'll put it, of course, put it up on the screen. 2 Peter verse 1, verse 2, go back up there. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you, or to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which you have been given or have by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. So it says he's given to us, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Verse 4 by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. Through the promises. So God has given us exceedingly great and precious promises, but we are going to have to do what we've said. We're going to have to uh, consider God faithful that those promises that God said them, they're true, that he's ready, that he's faithful, and that's how then we're going to have everything we need, everything that pertains to life and godliness, but we're, those promises don't happen or don't activate on their own. We have to just act on them. But it's not this, you know, I'm, I'm going to work it up to act on it. it. It is the same as if you had somebody in the natural that you trusted, if they told you something, if you believed it, you could act on it and say, 
all right, I'll meet you there at 3 o'clock, and you'll do so-and-so because I trust you. It'll be done. You're not going, just, wait, you told me that. Just, wait, give me five minutes. Oh, God. Okay, I got I, I'm going to work myself up to believe my coworker or believe this guy that he's going to do what he said. I got to get in the right mode. I'm going to, I'm going to, just like, I'm going to believe you, but I need a minute. What does that say? You don't, you don't believe this dude. If, if you, if somebody told you something and you truly trusted them, it would be, you wouldn't even think. You'd be like, okay, you said that. All right, I'll see you there. Right? That is choosing. You chose, but what's behind it? You already, they, they proved something to you. And you consider them faithful. God has given us his word, and we have to, we have to believe what he said. See, he's already given us Jesus. He's already made these things available. You have to believe it because it's already be, been done. And see, you're not going to know it experientially until you believe what he said he's already done. You have to trust him. And when you trust him, when you see these things, now you got a choice to believe what he said. We say, well, this other person, I see him in the natural. That's where faith comes in with him, with God. You're going to have to choose. He's got before you life and death. You're going to have to say, I believe you. I'll do that. And you just choose to do it. You don't have to feel like it. Okay, so we're talking about hearing versus doing. This is not feel like you should do it. This is doing it. I mean, have you ever done? Have you ever woken up when you didn't feel like you wanted to wake up? Have you ever exercised when you didn't feel like you wanted to exercise? Have you ever gone to school when you didn't feel like you wanted to go to school or work? Or you... Either had to, you ate something or you didn't eat something when you didn't feel like doing whatever you were supposed to do. But you did it. Did you have to go like, well, no, before I exercise, I have to feel like it. Well, there goes that regimen. You're not going to ever do it. <laughs> when I feel like dieting, getting on this, you know, healthy, whatever, I'll, then I'll do it. I'll only get up when I feel like it. Well depending on your age, you know, maybe a.m., maybe p.m. Well, if, and the more you do that, the less you feel like it. So if we know that in the natural, how much more in the spiritual? See, I think sometimes we think, well, to be a real doer, then you have to, you got you to gotta, you gotta hype yourself up, basically. Go get some praise and worship music on, you know, go through that a bunch of times, and now, now I'm going to act on the word. We could just say, all right, I trust you. I'm doing that. Now, you, that's not to say you don't need to feed on the Word of God, music and stuff. You look at it to keep your eyes centered. But you're not looking at the feeling, because if you look at the feeling, as soon as the feeling goes away, you can drop. But if you realize that it's not about that, it is just acting on it. Now, in the face of pressure, you can say, yeah, I don't feel like it. I didn't feel like going to work either, but I showed up, and I don't feel like staying on the Word, and I don't actually feel like God's Word's true, but it's true, so I'm staying. I'm not moving, because Satan will try to push on you with the feelings to get you to revert into hearing mode, to think, oh, it's not working, so I'm not going to do anymore. And all we have to do is say, I'm not moving. I'm doing. The Word says this, God won't fail. I'm not moving. He's ready. It's working. And stay there. 
and then whatever God said, that's going to happen. But he's given us exceedingly great and precious promises, but they're there. So now what do we have to do? Act them. Act on them. Act like they're true today. Not, not three weeks from now. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm going to read my Bible a whole lot this next week, and then I'll get back to you. No, right now, what we know of the word, we can walk out of here acting on it like it's true. To the best of our ability to walk in integrity. Does that mean we're going to walk perfectly all the time? You shouldn't plan on failing. Did you hear me? Don't fall into this way. We're all just imperfect. You know, I might miss. That's just giving you opportunity. Would you go to work like that? Hey, boss, just want you to know, I don't know. I may mess up really bad today. No, you kind of go and go, I'm going to do everything I can to do a good job. I mean, and then if you mess it, you missed up. Okay, that wasn't intentional. Let's fix it so it doesn't happen again. But you, our, our attitude ought to be, I'm going to do God's word from now until I go on to be with, with the Lord. It's none of this. Well, today's an off day, so free day to do whatever. No. We, we stay in that mode of I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm doing it. And, and it's not you it's not you just uh, working this up. You're saying, God, I'm relying on you. Every minute I'm relying on you. Your word said this, so I'm relying on you. This thing's pressing me. This thing's pressing me. But by your grace, you said you would help me. You said I could do all things through Christ. You said to do to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. So, Lord, I trust you to do. You said if I'm tempted, you won't let me be tempted beyond what I can bear. So right now, Lord, I'm trusting you. That's doing the word. That's doing the word. It's not going, oh, well, just can't. Check out. Come back three weeks later. Okay, now I'm going to give it another run. It is in the middle of it going, no, Lord, I am doing You're faithful. You're faithful, and I'm going to look at you. I am choosing the path of truth. I'm choosing the way of truth. I'm choosing to perform his statutes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is what every person had to do. Look at Hebrews 11, 11. Just look at a couple things here. Every, don't make the mistake of thinking that somebody else, you know, had it good, that they, they were special, and that we, you know, if we had their circumstance, then we could choose. Everybody has to choose. Everybody has to be a doer of, their, of the word for themselves. Uh, Hebrews 11, 11 says, by faith... Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age. Why? Because she judged him faithful who had promised. She judged him faithful. That means she chose to consider him faithful. faithful. She judged that he's right, and I'm going to act on it. And it says that's why she received. That's why when it looked impossible, she received. It didn't say that it was automatic. It says she judged him faithful. What is that? You're choosing him. You're choosing to be a doer. You're choosing to act on the word in the middle of whatever because I consider what he said more higher than anything else that I face. Romans 4, talking about the same situation from another angle. Uh, Romans 4, 19 and not being weak in faith, talking about Abraham, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, 
he was also able to perform. So I'm going to read 20 and 21 again. Abraham did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, so he didn't change, he kept doing, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, what God had promised, he was also able to perform. So what's he doing? He's choosing God's way. He's choosing what God said. In the face of it, he's not starting to go into unbelief saying, well, I just don't know. He's saying, I, he's strengthened and he's saying, no, God, he's fully convinced that what God said it, he can do it. I'm choosing this. I'm acting on what he said. And then it says it was counted. Therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. Look at Luke 10, 38. This is a different, we're not going to go in depth in this, but just look at what happened here and look at the language. Luke 10, 38 says, Now it happened as they went, as he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, and also, who... Uh, also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. Verse 41, And Jesus answered and said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. Mary and Mar Martha had the opportunity to do what Jesus you know, he's sitting there te teaching. Jesus is teaching. And Martha's so caught up with doing other stuff, she chooses to do this. But Mary sits and says, I'm choosing to listen. And Jesus said, that's not, Mary chose the right thing. Mary chose to do what she should do. And so that's not going to be taken away from her. Notice it was a choice. Martha could have said, you know what, this is not that important. I am going to sit at the feet of Jesus too. I'm going to do it. See, sometimes we think it's just somebody else. Well, if I were in their circumstances, it would be easy. If, if, but so many times we're dealing with this. We don't even know what other people are dealing with. And we can choose when it, there is all this distraction, when there is all this stuff. I'm going to choose anyway. Man, I'm sitting. I'm going to do what God said anyway. I'm going to choose to let truth and let him reign in my life. And I'm going to walk through Life in faith. One more verse. We're going to close with this. Joshua 24, verse 14. Joshua 24, verse 14. says, Now therefore fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river and in Egypt. Serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What is that? It's a choice to do. He said, if you, if you want to serve somebody else, well, you choose who you want to serve. As for us, we're choosing to serve him. And we're going to keep choosing to serve him. 
and we're, no matter what, he's faithful and he's proven himself true. And so we're going to choose to serve him. We're serving the Lord. And that ought to be what we tell ourselves every day. And you can tell your family, you can bring them along. But as we're going throughout the day, we ought to be like, no, I've chosen him. And I'm going to serve him right in the middle of this. I'm going to serve him in this circumstance. I choose to serve God. I will keep serving God. I am a doer. I am a doer, and that means serving God. I'm a doer in this situation, and I'm in a, the same situation tomorrow, in a different situation the next day. I will choose to serve him. I will continue. And your flesh goes, we don't want to choose today. You say, shut up. We're choosing to serve God now. And you just, we just keep hearing, and then we act, and we do, and we choose his way. And he is faithful to do what he said. Every time. Amen.